Welcome to Ladies Talking Leafs. I'm Chris. And I'm Syl. And October is basically done, and the Leafs had a pretty good road trip going three, one, and one, and we'll talk about that. And But first, we want to welcome our new followers to Facebook and uh, and our YouTube channel. Yes. So welcome to our Facebook page, Sharon DeLorme, Chrissy Daly, and Mario Vieira. Thank you for following us. And for our YouTube, we have a lot of new subscribers to our channel, which is great. So we have Jonathan Broughton, Mark Bell, Paul Aloysius, I hope I said that right, Norm Rosalind, (laughs) Jeremy Landry, Karen Deep Sandu, and Perry Hellion. Yeah, so it's great. Thank you so much. Um, thank you for subscribing to our YouTube channel. And for everyone, for anyone who hasn't yet subscribed, you'll want to do that soon. Um, our handle for all of our social media channels, uh, X, Instagram, Facebook, and threads is at LTL1917. And as always, we post a lot of great league content. And But in a few weeks, we'll be coming to you from the NHL Global Series in uh, Stockholm, Sweden. So uh, that's going to be from November 15th to the 19th. So be sure to follow us and you will keep up to date on everything Leafs. And we also want to thank uh, Adam Kelly, the Associate Manager at Corporate Sales for Yeti Canada, for sending us these beautiful Yeti tumblers. Yay. Thank you very much, Adam. <laughs> yeah. And before we get into the show, we are excited to announce a new partnership with Bet Online. Uh, you can find all the latest NHL game day bets as well as props and futures currently bet online has the Leafs at plus 950 to win the Stanley Cup. Yeah, so the last of the major pro sports leagues kicks off this week and bet online is your top spot for all your NBA action this season. With the NHL, MBL, MLB, sorry, postseason, uh, NFL and college football in full swing, bet online is your number one source for wagering news, odds, trends and predictions. Yes, get everything NBA and of course NHL at your fingertips with both the desktop and mobile access for every sport anytime. Head to Bet Online today to get in on the action and don't forget to use promo code BELIEVE, that's B L E A V, to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online is where the game starts. So, Please gamble responsibly. If you or someone you know needs support or advice, reach out to Connex Ontario or an organization near you. Place your limits and stay within it. And now it's time to get into the show. And we're going to start off with the good, the bad, and the ugly. And then we're going to run the Ladies Talking Leafs highlight reel. And for a third period segment, our Ladies Talking Leafs insider Mike Agello joins us once again to talk about the Leafs' start to the season. So without any further ado, let's talk Leafs. Okay, the good, the bad, and the ugly. Yes, so my good this week is uh, John Tavares, Captain Consistency. So yeah, he's had a great start to the season, and I think a lot of William Nylander's success is coming from our captain, John Tavares. So um, because on, on the draw... He on um, taking face-off win percentage, he's at sixty-three point two percent now, which is third in the NHL. So, if you win the face-off, you have the puck, and that helps everybody on the ice. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, so he's he's had he had a seven point uh, a seven point streak going, but that ended last night in Nashville. So, um, but still, obviously, it's great um, and. And then with his goal versus the Stars, that moved him into the top 30 all-time goal scoring. And he passed Leafs, former Leafs center and alumni, Bill Derlego, Billy D. I remember that. That was a huge combination with Rick Vive and Bill Derlego there. Um, so they used to have pairings there too, back in the 80s. <laughs> right? They used to have pairs. But um, yeah, so that's great. So and one thing I, I was reading an article from The Athletic and I like his comment um, because everybody keeps saying how he's slowing down and and, you know, the contract. We all knew it wasn't going to like towards the end of it. It wasn't going to be as good. But I mean, he seems to be doing just fine. And the way what he said was he wants to be as effective as he was at any point in his career, which goes back to the captain consistency. So 
the game has changed and evolved and he wants to go out he wants to go out there and still make a difference in the game in a lot of different ways so he's always looking to change up his game a little bit or improve in different areas one thing he worked on with the Leafs um skating coach uh and is obviously to be stay a little bit quicker um and and he's noticed just that little fraction he he was saying how it's a it's a fraction of a difference for him so with younger guys like Nyes and even Matthews and Marner they're going to they're going to see let's say bigger strides because obviously they're younger and they still have room to grow a lot whereas he's already gone past that point being a little bit older and he's learned he's learning new things into his game so so that's how he's approaching it which i thought was kind of cool so yeah well, john tavares that's my good what i love about him is uh that he knows what he is like he knows what his strengths are and he is you know, he's, he's working on those things and he's also working to improve his skating, which is, you know, says something. He is so meticulous and careful with what he puts into his body and how he treats his body. But I, I just, that's what I think that is the best about him. He's so consistent because he doesn't try to, you know, be more than what he is. And he just focuses on the things that he does well. And he continues to be consistently good at those things. So, um, yeah, you know, he's, he actually, you know, as our team leader, uh, captain, the young guys can learn a lot, uh, from him in how seriously he takes his craft and his longevity. So, um, sure. They said that actually, um, in the article as well, after, just before the season started, like on, it was like the night before uh, opening night. And he was the last one off the ice with Fraser Minton and Matthew Nice. He mm-hmm. stayed out there and he just, he worked with them. And um, yeah, because he wants to, it's that evolution of the game, seeing that next, next, uh, next players coming into the game and he and he's learning from them too he just keeps he just keeps adding and and fine-tuning his game taking care of his body like you're saying so it's Mm -hmm. um it's it's just great that he uh i I just for a captain he doesn't get he he doesn't get talked about enough for a lead captain i think as as previous captains who um i agree yeah all right so for my good i picked morgan riley so for however slow his start was last season, and then of course with the injury, uh, he basically has, you know, with with the heroics he had in the playoffs, has kind of just continued from there and has had an amazing start to the season. Even despite, you know, kind of, you know, the demotion, if you want to call it that, to the <laughs> second power play, um, you know, he's taken all of that in stride and he has started off uh, the season uh, at a seven point clip so far, two goals, five assists. One of those goals came on uh, the second power play unit as a power play goal as well. And um, yeah, he's just been um, so good. Again, now with all the defensemen going down, his minutes are climbing up again. He is definitely the backbone of our D um, and he still is regardless of whether Klingberg, you know, has been brought on for certain specific things. um, He is still the go-to and he is, he's like the mirror of John Tavares on the defense. If you want to look at it that way. Yeah. No, Morgan Riley is captain like material. He's the longest serving leaf and Mm -hmm. yeah, he's been on a heater lately. He's uh uh, he his it's unbelievable how he's skating. Maybe he's getting it from his fiance. Um, <laughs> what's what's her name? I'm forgetting her name Tessa already. Tessa Virtue. Tessa Virtue. Okay, <laughs> yeah, I should have remembered that. But uh, maybe he got maybe he got some extra help from her. Um, but I mean, he's always been a great skater. But he just see. I think it's the maybe it's just the start of the season. But he just seems to be. Do- and he's when you when you were saying it's like a demotion mm-hmm. uh, going down to the second uh, power play, I think like he's always said like, whatever's good for the team. Like he said that, I think just before the playoffs last mm-hmm. year, like he's a team guy and whatever's good for the team is good for him. And, and he just, he just does his job out there. And yeah, he's been like from the, 
from the playoffs last year. He's just picked right up from that because he was he was on fire last year during the playoffs too. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, we definitely need him now um, with these injuries. It's going to be interesting on the D. Hopefully, Lilligren won't be out too long. And uh, they said McCabe isn't shouldn't be out too long, but still, um, yeah, we definitely need him with the minutes that he does. Okay, okay. so let's move to. The bad. bad. Okay. I think we, we share the same bad here. Yeah. So the bad is the penalty kill. It is early. Um, but, I mean, after Saturday night's game, we dropped to 19th in the league on the PK. Uh, last season overall, and again, it's a small sample size, but last season we were 12th. So when you look at that, we're probably going to be in around the same. But I don't know. I'm. I'm we've lost a lot of penalty killers that we had. From mm-hmm. last season, like Kerfoot and uh, Sam Lafferty, who was a victim of the cap, we probably would have. Uh... And Justin Hall. <laughs> yes. I was saving that for you. <laughs> Justin Hall. Yep. Yeah. So and... whatever warts he had, he was uh, definitely a good penalty killer. <laughs> yeah. And um, and Zach Aston Reese had some time on there. Um, so so Keith. Keith said, like when uh, the media was asking him, he said it's going to take some time. That's all he said to it. But um, I don't know. I guess the main I was looking into it a little bit more, and the main defense pairings has been uh, like Brody and Giordano on on the PK. And we know Matthews and Marner. I guess it's just a start to to that uh, trying that out to give Matthews some time. Um, but. I think actually I was looking on naturalstatric.com uh, and I I think at the, I guess the, the issue with has come like last, I'll go back to last night. First of all, Matthew mm-hmm. Nyes was on for both of the uh, power, pl- p- the, yeah, the penalty kill goals last night. I don't know that. Do you think it's a good idea to have Matthew Nyes as on the PK right now? Well, I mean, I don't know. He's, he's generally, pretty decent defensively. I think that that is something they obviously want him to grow into. And yeah. when you've got a rookie like that, he's he's going to make some mistakes. But he, from what I've seen of him so far in the small sample we've seen over the playoffs and now, he doesn't tend to make the same mistakes twice. So yeah. I think that, like Keith said, if with regards to especially you know, a kid like Nye's, it definitely it's a work in progress and it's, it's actually good for him to make mistakes. I mean, it's not great on the yeah. score sheet, but there's video, there's stuff to work on with him if he yeah. makes uh, errors. Right. Yeah. So um, obviously that's something they want him to grow into because his, his game is well suited towards that type of role. Right. And yeah. they've lost a lot of key guys, especially in that bottom six, which is where he's now playing that have, you know, can fulfill that. Right. So I'm just thinking that they could put yarn croak more so than, well, I mean, yarn croak does put, has, but not not as much, I guess. Yeah. The minutes aren't there. That's what I was looking at. And then I also think part of the problem right now is that David camp is not doing well on the draw. Uh, yeah, the, he hasn't been yeah. as good this year with regards to that. And normally right. he's a real stalwart there on the right dot. Now he, yeah, right now he's only at 41.7%. Yeah, which I only get, we've, we've never seen him that low. No. Last year, again, because that's a small sample size, but for the mm-hmm. whole year, season last year, he was at 51%. Yeah. So that's, that's huge. So yeah, so that's the, that's our bad, hopefully, <laughs> uh, Dean Chinowith. Hopefully I pronounced mm-hmm. that right. Hit, uh, our assistant coach and Mike Van Ryn, who's the um, in charge of the defense. Hopefully they can get this working right, but then it's going to be tough with these uh, injuries on defense too. So mm-hmm. we're, we're going to see what happens there. Yeah. All right. And moving on to the ugly, then we're both the same with the ugly. Uh, I just picked this out because I had a few, I'm forgetting when this happened. If it was last season or the season before um, with the, too many men penalty or the bench minors. And we had two last night versus mm-hmm. the uh, predators and a That's lot of a little it, bit of a regression. Yeah. I think it was two years ago, actually that it was, I think it was two worse. Yeah. 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 So 
we just don't want it to come back basically. So that's why we're highlighting it mm-hmm. as the, as the ugly for, for now. So, yeah. So anyway, so let's go on to the positive now mm-hmm. and we're going to roll the ladies talking leaves highlight reel. All right. So coming in at number three, uh, the aforementioned Matthew Nyes, but we are actually going to highlight a good thing that he did. And this was his first NHL regular season goal versus the Lightning. What a snipe. He tends to really like to play against these guys. So Max Domi was speeding down the right side, got the pass, cross ice over to Nyes, who just ripped it past Tampa goaltender Jonas Johansson. So, uh, yes, it was a beautiful goal. Uh, A couple of really nice connections between those two. And because of that, uh, that line has has basically stayed since that game uh but it was uh definitely a beautiful goal and um he just well deserved yeah it was his first of two on the night as Mm -hmm. well sort of thing so he scored the uh game tying goal as well so Mm -hmm. yeah no it was good to finally get some see some chemistry i'm I'm sure sheldon keith was happy with that with max domi and matthew nyes as a pairing for a third line and yeah let's hope that it uh oh uh very quietly, Max Domi has a four-game point streak going. So, mm-hmm. well, uh, hopefully it just continues like that. Yeah. All right. So, going on to number two is William Nylander. We haven't talked that much about Willie. Uh, we will. <laughs> Eventually, we're saving that for, for Mike <laughs> for our third period segment. But, um, but yeah, he's also definitely on a heater. Um, he's got an eight game point streak going and we picked his goal versus the Capitals, which made it three, nothing in the second period of that game. Uh, I couldn't believe like Matthew sent a very long stretch pass uh, down the ice and Willie was already just motoring down the wing and he drove himself towards the net and got the puck past uh, Darcy Kemper of the Capitals. So yeah, that was a, that was a great goal. I just love the power that I saw in Mm -hmm. like he was holding off the, the Capitals player and he was not going to be denied driving to the net. So no, yeah. no, he's definitely uh, been showing that he, he's worth some dollars. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we won't get into no. the dollars part. We're going to get into en- that too. Much. We're going to enjoy his play right now. That's right. <laughs> yeah, and of course, coming in at number one uh, is Morgan Riley versus the Dallas Stars. So Riley finished off a beautiful goal that was set up by Willie Nylander, of course. It was Riley's second goal in as many games and with the Leafs down to 5D for basically the whole game, he played over 26 minutes versus the Stars and versus Nashville. He played over 27 minutes and for that, he is deserving of the top spot in our highlight reel. Um, Yeah, he's like like we said, he has basically, you know, picked up right where he left off in the playoffs and he is uh, getting himself in some good spots and he's, he's taking the shots, which is, is good to see. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's just doing what he, I don't know. I'm, I'm thinking he might have that season that uh, if he keeps going, stays healthy, knock on wood, mm-hmm. uh, he might have a, have a, a season like he did uh, a few years back with uh I think he had like 19 goals or he had quite a few 19, 20 goal season. Anyways, he's um, he just needs to keep doing what he's doing and stay healthy. And yeah, and, and it's, it's good. I, I just love his skating basically mm-hmm. <laughs> when you see him flying down that wing and, and he just, just keeps on going. And then, uh, yeah. And obviously getting the puck in the net is, is great too, from the D, which we haven't yeah, had. We don't get enough of that. Yeah, contribution from a defenseman. Yeah. And uh, we also want to give some love to Mark Giordano uh, for scoring his first goal of the season as he joins Tim Horton and Alan Stanley as the only 40-year-old defenseman in the Maple Leafs history to score a goal. So yes, definitely he's deserving just, of some love. I think he was a little little sh- shocked and so happily surprised <laughs> yeah. with that. Yeah, loved his smile after yeah. the goal. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so now it's time for another great third period segment with our Ladies Talking Leafs insider, Mike Agello. All right. Okay, so the Leafs' start to the season has been pretty good uh, with a record of five wins and two losses going into the game versus Nashville. Uh, and to talk about it for our third period segment, we welcome back to, to the show, Ladies Talking Leafs insider, Mike Agello. 
So Mike covers the Leafs and the NH and the NHL as a reporter and is a member of the Professional Hockey Writers Association. He does a podcast with HockeyBuzz.com and he is co-host of Off the Post Radio and the Leafs Convo. Mike also covers the Buffalo Sabres as a lead writer for the Hockey News. Welcome to the show again, Mike. Ladies, always always yeah. a pleasure, and hopefully the the fact that I have the Titanic up here in the corner of my screen does not. Oh, yes, I see that. Yeah, it does not pretend the 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 what happens on this show today. So <laughs> no iceberg, thank you. No, 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 definitely not. All right, we're gonna get right into it and get the number one topic out of the way when it comes. Yes, yeah. Um, so. We want to know what Mike thinks about William Nylander's start to the season and how it affects the contract negotiations, if at all. So what do you think about Willie there, Mike? We know you're a big fan of his. <laughs> well, okay. The funny thing is I'm a big fan of his talent yeah, and I'm a big fan of when he plays up to his abilities, which are, which are ample. I mean, I've watched William Nylander since uh 2015 when he started for the when he came over from Sweden with the Marlies and you know covered the Marlies and covered the Leafs um I you I've gotta admit up, though he's he's at another level right now yeah I no think. no I, I, I and I've yeah. I you know I came up with this little game you know you know like Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Yeah. Hyde it's Dr. <laughs> Neander and Mr. Willie yeah and Dr. Neander is the great is the great one is the one who's like you know he's 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 curing the stick. He's he, he's laying hands on you know. But Mister Willie is uh, you know like like Mister Hyde. He and yeah. Mister Willie always shows up at the most inopportune times. Now, have to say he's showing up less and less. And this yeah. year he hasn't <laughs> shown up yet. But now, do, do I think that's because it's a money drive and it's a salary drive? Of course yeah. I do. Of course yeah. I do. Now, you know, I mean, he is playing fantastic. He is, yeah. you know, scoring at a great pace. He's probably going to, he's on a pace for probably 100 points, 45 goals. Just perfect to walk away in free agency. And that that's the thing. It's right now, it's like he's setting himself up for a big payday. The Leafs are negotiating with him. He has told his agent, Louis Gross, to talk, to continue talks with the Leafs. But there's been no progress. We have heard. From you know all the insiders, Chris Johnston, Elliot Friedman, Pierre LeBron, that Willie wants to stay in Toronto. Yeah, but there's a caveat. He wants to get paid over ten million bucks, and one and the other probably can't happen because there's an overlap of a year from Marner and Tavares to uh, Matthews and Neander. The cap's going to go up, but it's not going to go up that much where they can afford four players making over ten million bucks. So some something's got to give, and I'm fearful right now that what's going to give is that they're not going to they're not going to offer him ten. That the most that they'll offer him is eight years at say nine nine and a half, and he's going to say no, and he's going to go someplace else. And I mean that. But really, that, did, would would he want to? Who can pay him the ten? Like to give him the ten million? It's teams not a like, contender. Yeah, not it's going to be like. If he wants to go to Anaheim and wear his flip flops, um, and Chicago, basically, I think uh, they can do it too. If he wants to go to a San Jose, again, yeah. yeah, yeah, those. But I guess if he wants to be not in the well, show wants, so much, and and he just wants, he wants his cake, and and he wants his yeah. cake and eat it too. He wants to be paid the highest pay, you know, the highest pay that he can be paid, and he wants to play in Toronto. Well, you. You can't do that. Mm -hmm. Sorry, it's not yeah. it's not possible. So, I mean, w the way I calculated it, the way I looked, and I'm not exactly a math genius. I, in fact, that, that that's my worst. That was my worst subject in college, in <laughs> high school. Um, but the max he can get on a contract, a free agent contract elsewhere, is seven years. He would have to right. now. If he's paid, say nine and a half. He's paid nine and a half. That's thirty eight. That's seventy six million dollars. Um, for that to be paid over seven years, he'd have to make t over ten to probably ten and a half. I don't think he's getting offered ten and a half by anywhere else. So right. you know, but it's the benchmark. I think he wants to hit the ten. Well, yes. you're yeah. not going to hit the. T you're not going to hit the ten. You may you may hit ten on AAV like in the first six years of the deal, but. 
they can't afford to pay him $10 million. So, I mean, that's where they are right now. If he keeps pouring on the goals, it's going to get tougher and tougher. I don't think he's going to get traded. I think the opportunity to trade him was in the summer. Yeah. That's that's gone. Now he's playing too well. He's they're not going to get enough value for him on the open market before the deadline. It's either they sign him or he's walking away in free agency. It certainly doesn't help things that um Marner has kind of gotten off to a slow start right now as mm-hmm. well as far as uh the leaf side of things go because you know, he's outplaying Mitch at the moment. Now, Mitch usually pours it on second yeah. half of the season. So we'll see what happens yeah. there. And that's also when when Mr. Willie tends to show up a little bit. So <laughs> yeah. I guess, you know, as much as we're loving watching Nylander play at this level and seeing what he can do, I, I do kind of hope that Mr. Willie shows up a little bit, but maybe right. doesn't hang around for as long <laughs> during parts of the season. So so that uh, it can help us be able to keep him, I guess. Yeah, I mean, I'm yeah. not so sure how much he, what he's doing in the season really matters. I think to, you know, optically to fans and maybe in terms of media pressure, it does. But I think everybody knows what William Nylander is. I think everybody, you know, he's been in the league for, you know, six years, seven years. I mean, he's pretty much, I mean, teams out there who are willing to sign him in free agency next summer, you know, it's sort of like Phil Kessel. He's not a cornerstone player. He is not a, he's a member of the core group here because he's a, he is a top of the line complimentary player, but he's not a number one center. They tried him as a number three center and he couldn't even play that during the preseason. He's a second line or a first line winger and he's one of the best in the league, but Nico Rantanen's making nine and a half million dollars. You know, Mark Stone is making nine and a half million. Both of yeah. what have both of those guys done? They've won Stanley Cups. William Neal right. does not want a Stanley Cup, and he's a really good player. But I think the benchmark on him is it starts with a nine. It's not an eight-figure yeah. deal. And if he's pushing for nine figures, I think he's going to get it someplace else. I guess the the only one that's making ten is, is Panarin, right? The, um, the uh, Rangers. I mean, Kane was ten million after or uh, before his okay. contract. Uh, yeah, but yeah, yeah. No, yeah. and even with That's Panarin, range, I mean, yeah. we're seeing that that he's not really worth that, right? No, he, and he's the only one I believe that is a winger that is making. Yeah, Kaprizov mm-hmm. is making nine and a half, so or mm-hmm. nine point right. seven five. Yeah, the, the ones that are making the big money are the centers: McKinnon, McDavid, Matthews, Kopitar. Yeah. I mean, centers rule. Centers and top pair defensemen. You know, yeah. if if Nylander wants to make ten million bucks, then learn how to play up the middle. But you know, well, and and again, like that—that that was the talk of of training camp, right? But they moved off that awfully quick, yeah, as well, right? So obviously, yeah, because, we see where his skills are. Well, and I think they moved off of it because, and it's preseason, so mm. it didn't really matter that much, but. On a couple defensive plays, he was, you know, he was out of position or he was behind the play. He's just not a he. He grew up as a center. His dad was a center, yeah. Um, but he's not, you know, he's not an NHL center. He is a top flight scoring winger, and there's nothing wrong with that. But you're not going to get paid top flight money being a top flight winger. Yeah. All right, so All right. let's move on to the goaltending now. So Joseph Wall. Uh, has been great in the four games he's played with a nine six one save percentage. Mm-hmm. On the other side of the coin, uh, Ilya Samsonov, uh, not so great at eight three one before the game versus Nashville. So, do you think there's a bit of a goalie controversy brewing here? I mean, it is supposed to be a tandem situation, but and Samsonov was supposed to be our one A. Uh, and also, what about Samsonov's comments um, that he wasn't feeling that great about himself? Do you think that the Leafs' decision to kind of, you know, throw him back in and, and have him play his way through it is mm-hmm. the best way to get his confidence back and, and feeling good again? Well, I'll let you know Sunday after this game, because if he, you know, we'll use the word merit instead of the word that he used. Um <laughs> He, that you know, then then you know, obviously the onus is going to s- swing right back on Joseph. Well, I mean, right now, I mean, granted, it's 
seven games into the season. Joseph Walls played great in three of the four. And, and I don't think he played badly against Chicago. His defense gave up a shorthanded breakaway in a, uh, or a, a breakaway to Corey Perry. And I think it was a shorthanded two on one. So he really wasn't bad in that game. But Samsonov has not been good. He was not good against Montreal. He was okay against Minnesota. He gave up two long goals against Florida. And then he gave up three goals on four shots against Tampa. Um, yeah, he's playing like crap. I mean, yeah. does that mean he's not redeemable? No, I, I, he, he can bounce back. I think he's, you know, he's a quality goaltender. But you look at the, the long term on this. Joseph Wall's got one more year left on a contract at league minimum, $775,000. And you can thank Kyle Dubas for signing him to that three-year extension. And if he turns out to be the number one and they let Samson off walk in free agency after this year, then you're probably signing a backup pretty cheap and you're spending very little money on your goaltending for one year before you have to make a decision. And I think he's an RFA after that. So he still, they still have some control over him. I'm not jumping to conclusions, but I've liked wall as a long-term prospect for a couple of years. It was always injury. It wasn't ability. It was availability. Mm-hmm. And he finally, it, you know, after he had that shoulder surgery and he came back last year and he played wonderfully for the Marlies and he played wonderfully down the stretch with Samsonoff and Murray, both having the injury problems last year and then stepping in, in the playoffs. I mean, I think the kid has confidence. He's not a kid anymore. He's 25 years old. So, you know, he was drafted in the same draft as Austin Matthews. So, mm-hmm. you know, he's not a kid, but he really does, he doesn't have a lot of experience in the NHL. But I think in a way, all that time, and all that recuperation and all that sort of study of how to be a good goaltender and the calm demeanor that he has, these are all things that I think are in his favor. Samson, you know, ideally they want a tandem here. They want two goaltenders playing 40 games. And I think in the end, that's what it's going to end up being. But right now, Wall is, is stealing the job and Samson mm-hmm. has to sort of steal it back now. Yeah, and you're you're right. It's two more years that Wall has on the contract, and then he's an RFA. So it's right. from cap friendly. I'm just looking at seven hundred and sixty six thousand. It's like wow, that's a yeah. <laughs> that's really helpful for the cap. That's for sure because now apparently, apparently, if somebody gets injured, we might be playing with not as many. Like we won't have enough to to fill the like to fill a roster. Basically, what we'll to play one man short? Apparently, with McCabe's injury or something yeah, but- like that. Like. But the news that came out today of the severity of the injury, it it was better than expected. If okay. had he gone on LTIR, then I think you would, everything, the scenario that you just laid out was completely correct. But yeah. he, he may not be out more longer than a week. Oh, okay. Oh, so, that's good. Yeah. All so right. they put him on just on regular IR, then they're, they're not going into LTIR. And right now- yeah. They're maxed out on LTIR. They've got mm-hmm. so much money on there that they have no, they can't squeeze any, you know, there's no more juice in that lemon. <laughs> yeah. So I guess, do you think there's a controversy there with the goaltending going back to the, like, or is it I, like, I've, I I've, I've heard that, um, I guess because like Samsonov obviously is, he went to arbitration. Mm-hmm. So that might have maybe hurt his feelings a little bit mm-hmm. and Talk that he, never. You know, I mean, <laughs> you know, it, it, I mean, this, it, this is, this is a business. I mean, you know, yeah. there's no room for hurt feelings. If you want, okay, you, the, the Leafs, I think, you know, when they signed him to a one-year deal last year and he was an RFA because uh, he was uh, not qualified by Washington, the whole plan was bring him in. He's the backup to Murray. If Murray fails or Murray gets hurt, which he did, then he's our disaster backup. And we've got another year. Uh, if he has a good year, we go to arbitration, which they did, and then we see what he does. And if he plays great, then we can revisit signing him to a long-term contract. There's no way with all the players that they have to sign over the next couple of years, namely the the core four, that they were going to sign Samson off to a long-term extension. They were going to yeah. play this out. And that's why you know, he's going to have to bounce back pretty quickly to get his numbers to a position where the Leafs are going to be 
oh yeah, we got to sign this guy. I, I, like offering, yeah, yeah. They, they like him. They they think he's a good guy. They think he's a pretty decent goaltender. But the prospect of having Wall as the guy who takes over the job next year at less than a million dollars, and then you going out and signing maybe a backup for a couple million, and you're spending less than three million dollars on a starting on your starting tandem. That's a prospect that just, you know, Brad Treleving has got to be going, you know, he's got to be <laughs> salivating. Yeah. That, that potential. <laughs> all right. So, all right, we'll leave the goaltending now and we'll move on to Tyler Bertuzzi here. Um, I don't know. It's, I guess for now he's on the line now with uh, Nylander and Tavares and mm-hmm. he's actually looked better this week. I thought, I thought anyways, with the games yeah. versus the stars and the capitals, but, and it's it's early, um, mm-hmm. but he. I looked it up. He's he's still getting about the same amount of ice time, just over sixteen minutes on average per game. Right. I mean, it's obviously it's early in the season still, and um, but most of us and everybody was were thinking that he was like going to be a fit, right, with Matthews and Marner, like automatically that it was just going to work. So I don't know. What do you think is like? Is there a, a problem, or do you think it's going to work eventually? That he just needs time, or like, or is it? I guess is it is it maybe because the adjustment factor, let's just say like with playing with star players like Matthews and Marner, they're saying like there's tendencies and you kind of got to the guy on the left side, like Michael Bunting and Zach Hyman, they fit in just fine. Like it seemed quite quickly, but is there something, do you think it's going to work out eventually or? I, I, I think that him playing with Tavares and Neilander is a better fit. I mean, if you look at the history, and you just mentioned the two most successful guys, and and Yarn Croak is is not a bad fit as well. The the players that have fit on the left side with Matthews and Marner are complementary guys. Michael Bunting right. is not like a superstar player. He goes in the corners. He was a pain in the ass. He got the puck. He dug it out, and he got it to the talented guys. Bertuzzi, there's one puck. Marner yeah. is passing it to Matthews. And Matthews is shooting it. And, you know, Bertuzzi is a guy who also needs the puck. And with Tavares mm-hmm. and Nylander, I think he'll get it every once in a while, probably more than he would get it with Matthews and Marner. And that's not to say that Matthews and Marner are selfish. No, they're just two of the best players in the league. So they need the puck. So right. I, you know, I mean, it was, it was worth taking a look and seeing if it would, if it would work out. I don't think it really did in, you know, the five or six games that they tried it. Now they've moved him onto the second line. This is not a Nick Ritchie situation where all of a sudden he's going to end up in the Marlies. You know, he's a good, (laughs) he's a good player. Um, I just think he needs to find the right compliment. And I think Tavares and Nylander is probably a better fit for Bertuzzi. You know, I I mean, Sheldon Keefe said that he played his best game uh, in Dallas. Um, so that's encouraging. So, yeah. And, and honestly, I think if right now, Yarn Croak is a good sort of standby, dependable veteran that you could plug in with Matthews and Marner and, um, it works. I think there's a better chance that by halfway mark of the season, either Max Domi, who sort of is like bunting, you know, he's a pain in the butt. He's a good, yeah. play, good playmaker. His problem is defensively. He's not very good. Um, or, or Matthew Nyes. And yeah. I don't know if they want to give Nyes that much ice time that quickly, but he has really, you know, you've seen flashes of what he could be. And I can just imagine what he could be playing on that line with Matthews and Martyr. Well, that kind yeah. of brings us to our next question uh, because yeah. finally Keith found some chemistry for the third line with mm-hmm. uh, Nyes, Kampf, and Domi. Mm-hmm. Um, but the fourth line is still kind of a work in progress. So oh, yes. do, you, do you think they're going to call up somebody like Bobby McMahon or Alex Steves or – you know, who do you think, who do you think would be a, a fit there on the fourth line to give it Cause, a little yeah, bit cause, more of an identity? Like we know Nick Robertson is actually lighting it up and doing really well in the AHL right now, but he's, he's not a fourth line guy. No. So, um, but he is tied uh, for the lead with six, uh, six points in five games with the Marlies. So, mm-hmm. so that's good, but he's not really a, a fit in that fourth line role. 
my issue right now with the fourth line is that Ryan Reeves is a boat anchor. I was going to mm-hmm. say that. It's like, uh, how we, I mean, yeah. you know, he's, I mean, and I, we foresaw, I think we all foresaw this when they signed. I mean, I mean, okay. There's rightful criticism of that signing, but I, I you know, I said it's bearable. They can, if it's, if it's that big of a, <laughs> that big of an issue, they can send him down to the Marlies and bury almost all of that 1.35, I think it's 1.35 million, but it hasn't gotten to that point now. Now they, you know, they want him around. They like him as a, yeah. you know, as a character guy, you know, they want him as a sort of nuclear missile and, you know, break, break glass in case, you know, if somebody tries <laughs> to take a run at Marner or something like that, then, you know, you, you here, what are you going to have for lunch? How about two knuckle sandwiches from Ryan Reeves? Um, but <laughs> you know, I don't know how long they can get away with that. I don't know how, because the fourth line really with him on there is, I mean, it's sort of, you know, it's just, it's a liability. I mean, Noah Gregor is a fine depth forward. He's speedy. He's never, you know, he's sort of like Zach Aston Reese. He's not a great finisher. Mm-hmm. He'll probably score, end up scoring 10 goals. You know, he scored the first goal of the year now uh, for the, for the Leafs. Now probably the second one will be probably at the 40 game mark. Uh, I like Pontus Holmberg. I think he's a, you know, he's got potential and, you know, he played well in a fourth line role last year. I mean, the name you mentioned, Bobby McMahon is somebody that I was shocked that he got through waivers. Um, yeah. You know, it, it was really surprising. Um, and at the American league level, I mean, he's really good. Um, last year, he, I think he played 10 games had no points, but he was physical. And I, I think Brad for living likes physical players. So can I see him up with the Leafs at some point during, during the year? Sure. I mean, when in, you know, the, the problem is right now they can't call up any of these guys, yeah. the cap. but yeah. when somebody gets injured, you know, if it's somebody in the top nine gets injured, Nick Robertson probably is going to get the call up, but I, you know, I am hopeful that they keep him down with the Marlies for 30 to 40 games and just let him play, let him score, let him stay healthy. He, you know, he's making a lot of progress. You know, I think he's improving his value, whether it's to the Leafs or to somebody else. I think the Leafs still envision him as a player at the NHL level. It's just he's got to stay healthy. But this fourth line really... I mean, when we get to the playoffs, I just don't know. Do you foresee Ryan Reeves in this lineup when the playoffs come around? I don't. Yeah, I mean, maybe I don't know. Depending on the on the game, obviously the type of right. If you're playing Matthew Matthew Kachuk and you want somebody to 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 go out and beat the crap out of him, sure. But I but then you know that doesn't happen. That doesn't happen anymore. Yeah, yeah, no, and and. I guess you can't send him down, obviously, to the Marlies, right? Like, that doesn't make... This is a dumb question. I'm not sure, though. By sending the player down, that doesn't remove him from the cap, right? Like, to say that if he passes through waivers, which he probably would, because nobody would want to pick up his... Three million dollars, or um, well, the, the cap hits the cap hits one point three five. Uh, it's the okay. the, the, the max point. that you can bury in the in the AHL is I think one one and a quarter or one point one two five. So okay. you can bury almost almost most of that of that contract. But right. the problem is, is the player, you know, I mean, I don't think Ryan Reeves will be very pleased that he's getting sent no. down to the market, but, but it's, the, it might be the reality if, if they don't play him or if he's playing six minutes a night and he's yeah. a liability out there, he needs to be effective. Yeah. And, yeah, and because in the playoffs, like you're saying, like the fourth line is supposed to be an energy line, right? right. Like you need that energy line, not necessarily with the fists and the fighting, but just getting in there and and mucking it up in the corners, getting the puck out, causing some scrambles in front of the net so that you you get it going sort of thing for the for the rest of the guys for the next shift to come on and pick up on that. Right. And I don't know that, like you're saying, Ryan Reeves, like he he just doesn't have that, like obviously the speed too and and not, I don't know. It's, it, it doesn't seem, it and, doesn't and seem honestly, great. And honestly, in a playoff scenario, and you know, we're, geez, we're six months away from that. Yeah. But in a playoff scenario, I mean, one thing that I've noticed with this team, I, I don't particularly like the fact that they're using Matthews and Marner as a tandem, as a penalty, as penalty killers. They, you know, they like it because it's more ice time and they can, yeah. you know, they can create offensively and, basically be a, a, a counter a, a counterattack 
threat. But do you really want Austin Matthews blocking shots in a playoff scenario? Yeah, but he he blocks a lot of shots anyways. Yeah, even I last year he was he he blocked a lot of shots. I don't know personally. I I I. I look forward to penalty penalty kills now, actually. So, to because I yeah. love watching them on there together. Well, I mean, I, and I don't know what their percentage is. I don't, they, you know, they may be they're, four, they're 14th in the league right now. I think so it's 70. Middle, yeah. yeah. They're middle of yeah. the pack. Yeah. You know, they lost Kerfoot. They, you know, they lost, they lost three or two or three. You know, Achari was a penalty killer. O'Reilly at the end of the year was a penalty yeah. killer. So they lost a lot of quality guys mm-hmm. in terms of the PK. And I have a feeling in a playoff scenario that third forward on that fourth line is going to be a guy who's a defensive guy um, killing penalties. I mean, right now it's Marner and Yarn Croak and Matthews and, you know, they're mixing in other people here. and They're, they're using Matthew Nyes. I don't know about that. I mean, you know, he... On one of the power play goals, it was early on. I think against it may have been against Chicago. He was he was out of position. You know, it's a learning process, but I, I just think it's a luxury that you may not be able to afford to have Ryan Reeves in your lineup when it come when it yeah. comes mm-hmm. down at the end of the season. Yeah, there aren't and, too many opportunities to just go go flex. You know, like. That seems to be when he gets the most yeah. most rise out of the crowd and stuff, you know, flexing his muscles, playing to the crowd. But, yeah. you know, when it comes down to it, when the chips are down and it's important, you know, yeah. not imp- not many opportunities to showboat, which is what he seems to be best at now. Mm. You know, one last question, actually, um, just about the ice time, like you were saying with Matthews and Marner being on the PK, like they're apparently like... I don't know if they're still the top two in the NHL, like in terms of ice time, getting time on ice. Mm. Um, like, you know, with Keith still seems dependent on those two players and the four core four players when it comes like he now that he's found this third line, I guess it's slowly changing where he's giving Domi and Nye some extra ice time. But like, do you, the fact that they're getting that penalty killing, like, do you think like, like, is there a concern, I guess, where Matthews and, and Marner, like, you don't want them getting burnt out, obviously, before the playoffs, right? Like, you need to manage that a little bit better, don't you think? Yeah, I mean, top ice time, five on five, top power play, and now second or top PK, it's too much. Yeah, You have to, yeah. you have to sort of, you know, you, now, you know, Tavares is never going to kill penalties. He's not, you know he's not a mm-hmm. quick enough player to to be a penalty killer. Nylander is, you know, you need to be able to play de- good defense to be a penalty killer. And he, he doesn't do that. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think they have to find other options yeah. um, eventually to sort of, you know, it's not like you're not going to conserve them and have them play 17 minutes. I mean, this is not, no. really, you know, but you do, you know, that was Mike, Mike, Mike Babcock did. And, and that was infuriating to, to leave fans when they were, when he was limiting 21 year old Mitch Marner and, and Austin Matthew. Well, we got to save them, save them for what they're young kids. You know, now they're 25, 26 years old. I mean, you know, you not to say that they're old, but you, there are limits, just like there's yeah. limits with Morgan Riley. I mean, one of the what is one of the reasons they went out and got John Klingberg because John Klingberg is a good point guy in the power play, and um, Morgan Riley's importance for this team is more five on five than anything because he's the best five on five defenseman and puck yeah. carrier that they have. And now with McCabe out, he's gonna his minutes will be up to 25, 26, 27 minutes a night. You can't do that all year. No. Yeah, I guess like for Mitch and Austin, like their their sweet spot's got to be around the twenty minute mark, right? Like, not the twenty three, twenty (laughs) four. No, they're creepy. That's obsessive. That's obsessive. That's nuts. Yeah. Yeah. All right. right. Well, I think that's all we have for you today, Mike. As always, you did not disappoint, and (laughs) we uh, we thank Mike again for being our guest today. So check out Mike's blog, everybody, and podcast on HockeyBuzz.com and the Leafs Convo. And if you want to see what the Sabers are up to, you can check out Mike's articles on the Hockey News as well. So also, if you don't follow him on Twitter, make sure you do. His handle there is at Mike in Buffalo. So thanks again, Mike, and we will. We'll talk to you again soon. Always Thanks, a pleasure. Mike. Thanks. Thanks. Jello. 
All right. So thanks again to Mike for joining us. And now we're just going to run through the upcoming couple of weeks of the Leaf schedule. Um, after facing the Kings on Halloween night, they're going to be heading to Boston, who are also, they're doing really well. <laughs> I'm quite yeah, surprised. Sadly. Um, yeah. So that's on Thursday night. And then they come, the Leafs come back home to start a five game homestand. Um, they'll face the Sabres on Saturday night and then another match with the Lightning, uh, the following Monday. And the homestand will continue after that versus the Senators next Wednesday. And then the Hall of Fame game versus Calgary Flames on Friday, November 10th. Um, and the final game of this homestand on the Saturday night versus Vancouver. Uh, it's a rare back-to-back at home. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, I mean, that game versus the Lightning is probably going to be quite... Uh competitive let's just mm-hmm. say i think uh they're probably going to be pissed losing in overtime as they did uh to like at home so they're probably going to want to show up real good on that night and then obviously the boston the bruins game coming up on thursday night is going to be yeah it huge. feels i don't know but about you it feels like forever since yes. we've played them yeah so um yeah it'll be interesting to um, just to see how we match up against them. Yeah. You know, I, I just, I can't believe they're still going on this clip, you know, but yeah. anyways. And uh, we'll get to see Brad Marchand wearing the C. Mm-hmm. So that'll be, can't I guess, wait. hopefully he won't, or I don't, I don't really care personally, but uh, if he'll have any antics, <laughs> should see, I don't know. Mm-hmm. As a captain, if he's still doing that kind of stuff, we'll see what happens. And then the Hall of Fame game is always special because mm-hmm. you always have the, uh, alumni and uh and um i guess players that uh are in the history of the league basically attending that game so that's going to be great as well yeah so after the homestand uh the leafs actually have uh, a few days off before heading off to sweden in the nhl global series and we're going to be there too so don't forget to hit uh, that subscribe or, and follow button wherever you listen to our show and on social media, YouTube, X, formerly Twitter, uh, Instagram, Facebook, and threads. Our handle is at LTL1917, and you won't miss any of our road trip reports from Sweden. Also a reminder to be sure to leave us a rating or a review and let us know what you think of the show. It's easy on Apple and Spotify, and it's important for our show to get more exposure as a source for Leafs t- content. And we t- thank you for taking the time. And another way to help us out is by visiting our Kofi page at Kofi.com. You can follow us there. And if you choose to, you can support us by buying us a coffee. Any donation goes towards helping us produce the show and making it even better for you. So you can find the link to our Kofi page on our show notes or in any of our social media profile pages. And thank you to our healthcare workers and first responders for everything that they do. We thank you as always for listening and watching Ladies Talking Leafs presented by Bet Online. So next till next time, go Leafs, go. Leafs go. go.